have not um, always done it, and I won't always, uh, but um, one of the uh, reasons uh, that um, uh, I feel like God has kind of uh, led me recently to kind of preach straight through a book uh, is, uh, for one reason, uh, as the way he wrote it. Uh, second of all, it uh, forces us uh, to deal with uh, some topics that perhaps um, ordinarily we may not uh, cover. Uh, and this is not uh, a topic this morning as we uh, look at uh, this passage uh, that we wouldn't cover. In fact, we like to talk about it. It's uh, talking about love. Uh, but uh, the difference is, uh, is how much we have talked about love uh, in the last uh, month or so. Uh, but that's what the Holy Spirit led John to write uh, repeatedly. Uh, he uses the word love dozens of times uh, in uh, this little letter. And one of the things that, uh, that uh, I'd like to uh, point out to you uh, that uh, is, uh, I think, an important uh, thought about this idea uh, of love, again, is how many times God commands us uh, to love each other, uh, how many times he commands us to love others, uh, something along that line. Uh, love each other, love others, uh, something in that, uh, in that general idea. Uh, and the thought occurs to me uh, that there must be a reason that God feels the need to keep telling us to love each other. Uh, there must be a reason that God has to keep telling us uh, to love one another. Uh, and the only reason I can think of uh, is that because of uh, our nature, uh, we're not very good at it. Uh, it's not something we would do uh, naturally uh, most of the time. That uh, we don't, um, uh, we, we're not real, uh, real skilled in the area uh, of uh, showing, uh, showing love uh, to one another, showing love to others. Uh, in particular, as I uh, mentioned a couple times coming through this book and at other times, uh, we're not particularly uh, skilled at showing love to the unlovable, uh, to those that, uh, again, uh, are not real likable. Uh, sometimes we struggle uh, with showing them uh, love. Uh, again, I remind you of the phrase off of uh, Mass, it's nice to be nice to the nice. Uh, but uh, God says, be nice to the unnice. Uh, love the unlovable. Uh, and uh, we know that uh, God speaks about, uh, Bible teacher talks about uh, really three kinds of love. And John uh, talks about all three uh, in his letter. One of them uh, that is a big topic in Scripture is obviously uh, God's love for us. Uh, God, the Bible is filled with uh, conversation about God's love uh, for us. And uh, uh, to, to reciprocate that love, uh, our love for God uh, is, uh, again, an uh, important topic. But then uh, the, one that, uh, the third one uh, that he deals with that uh, is a little tougher for us, we don't have much problem. You can talk about uh, God's love for us all day long. 
We'll sing about it. We'll talk about it. We'll preach about it. We'll write about it. Uh, we like to talk about God's love for us. We write about, sing about, talk about our love for God. Uh, the third one, however, uh, is the one that kind of kicks us in the shins. And that is our love for each other. Uh, that's the one that uh, is a little bit uh, more uh, tricky. And again, John is going to deal with this. Um, he mentions love uh, dozens of times, but he specifically uh, deals with this issue uh, of, uh, of love uh, specifically uh, three times. And this is uh, the third time. First of all, uh, he did it in chapter 2, he did it in chapter 3, now uh, in chapter 4, uh, he's going to uh, address again and, and really uh, in this passage give us uh, the... Uh, the extreme example uh, of what love looks like, the extreme uh, measurement uh, that, uh, that we have. Uh, you know, we, um, we tend to, not just in love, uh, but in a lot of areas in, in Christianity, uh, we measure ourselves uh, by others. Uh, you know, well, I, I'm not, you know, I don't gossip as much as, you know, that plant. I'll, I, I won't use anybody as an example there. You know, I don't gossip as much as that plant. I don't uh, lie as much as that speaker. You know, uh, those kind of things. That's kind of how we, you know, we, we kind of, as long as I'm ahead of you, uh, I'm all right. You know, that's kind of the way we measure a lot of things in our spiritual walk. Uh, you know, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Uh, but here we're going to learn uh, that's not the measuring stick that John puts out there. Uh, John says we are to measure our love uh, for each other by God's love for us. Uh, we can't take these three kinds of love, God's love uh, for us, our love for God, our love for each other, and separate them. John is teaching us uh, that they go uh, hand in hand. Uh, that we can't really say we love God if we don't love others. If we don't love, you know, we don't love God, we don't love others. I mean, it, it all just uh, is uh, is uh, interconnected. Uh, and, and there's three things here uh, that uh, John's going to put out uh, that are some concepts uh, about this idea uh, of love. And uh, I want to say up front, I want to uh, acknowledge uh, Dr. David Allen. Uh, he's now at uh, Mid-America uh, Mid Seminary in Tennessee. Uh, got a lot of my thinking here uh, in this passage as he, uh, as he analyzed it and uh, wrote in his commentary uh, on, uh, on this passage. But the first thing that, uh, that we notice uh, in these uh, first two verses uh, is we see, uh, to begin with, uh, love's provision. We see love's provision. Look in verse 7 uh, with me. And you see, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God, and he that loveth not knoweth not God. That's a brutal statement. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. That statement uh, should really uh, pierce our hearts as we, uh, as we think about that statement. He that loveth not knoweth not God. 
That is a cut to the bone statement. You can say, I do everything else. Look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. As Paul said, you know, uh, all these other things. You can have all these gifts. You can do all these things. But if you do not love, he says, uh, John echoes that and says, you can give, you can sing, you can preach, you can teach, but if you do not love, he says, you do not know God. That's a brutal, eye-opening uh, statement that, uh, that John gives us this morning. Why uh, is that statement so true? Uh, because of the very source uh, of love itself. But what he says, he says, uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. How can we say, uh, and, and let, me, uh, let me take John's words here, and uh, John, forgive me, uh, I'm going to try to uh, reword you in just a minute, uh, but how can we possibly say that a God who is love dwells in us and lives in us and we don't express love? If God is love and He dwells in us, then that love will come out uh, and get on those around us. Uh, that's simply uh, what John uh, is telling us, that God is the source of love, and if He is the source of love, and that source dwells in us, uh, then love for others, love for God, love even for those who we may not like. Uh, is mandatory. Uh, and and uh, I wouldn't even go so far. I, I, I'm a little hesitant about the word mandatory uh, because that word makes it sound like uh, that God is saying, that John is saying, well, I, you know, I know the lesson has, but it's mandatory. You've got to love her. No. What, what, what I think John is saying here is that if God dwells in you, I don't have to crack the whip and make you love the unlovable. It is an automatic result of having God dwelling in us. Yeah, uh, maybe a, a really poor illustration. Let's take a hose pipe, source of water. You turn that thing up, you stick it in your mouth, what's going to happen? You know, you're going to swallow up, but eventually it's going to come out and you know, it's going to spew out. If God dwells in us, John says, you are going to love uh, those around us. Understand, God does not love. God is love. Yeah, you know, it's not something that God does. It's something uh, that God is. And we've uh, talked about that. We're not talking here, uh, and we've already looked at this in several other passages in John, other passages of Scripture. We're not talking about... Um, you know, that uh, puppy love, that, you know, teenager love, that, you know, that, uh, oh, ain't he cute love, you know, that, that kind of uh, love. That's, that's not what he's talking about at all. Uh, again, it's not, a, you, know, uh, you know, a while ago, a few moments ago, I had to go around and speak to people and tell them you appreciate them, love them, thank them. Not, not even uh, that kind of love. Uh, it's, it's a love uh, that, that is more than your emotions. Emotions. Biblical love, it, it is, uh, again, it is the concept of a love. It is the idea of a love that is unconditional. Now, think about how we generally talk about love. Think about that. 
I love her because. Isn't that generally the way we speak about love? I love him because. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. That, that's, that is a fine form of emotional love. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I, I'm not saying you, know, you shouldn't say I love my husband because he's a good father, good provider. You know, you know, you know, he's a hunk, whatever else you want to say. You know, I, I, you know, that's fine. If you want to, I'm not saying that's wrong. See, that's not what John is talking about. Generally, when we talk about love, that's the sentence we use. I love him, I love her because, and then we fill in the blank. The love that John is talking about has no because on the end of it. If it does, the only because it is, is I love him, I love her because God loved me. There's no, I love her because, I love him because, he, you know. No, John says we love because God dwells in us. Because God has loved us. There's, you know, the problem with I love him because is what happens if he quits doing whatever is in that because one. Yeah, I love him because... He's nice looking. Great. He don't get old. Yeah. <laughs> he may be down, but yeah, some of that some of them looks are gonna Yeah. Now her? Never. Never. She you know, not gonna happen to her. Yeah. But him, yeah, the looks are gonna go away. Whatever you put in that because blank, what happens if suddenly it's gone? I love him because he's a good provider for me and the kids. What if he loses his job? Well, I, I love him, I love her because she does such a good job teaching my Sunday school class. What if you know, she, her eyes get bad, she can't see, and she quits teaching her Sunday school class? What if she has family problems and she has to quit teaching your Sunday school class to stay home and take care of a loved one? Do you still love her or not? That's the problem with I love because. That's the difference in I love because God loves me, because God dwells in me, because God uh, lives in me. It doesn't say I love you if. Yeah. That, that's the way, let's be honest. That's the way most love operates in, in our culture. I love you if. I love you until. Yeah. Generally, we put some. You know, I love you if. I love you until. I love you because. Yeah. Yeah. Very seldom is the phrase just "I love you." But isn't that exactly what God says? God doesn't say "I love you until." He doesn't say "I love you if." God says, I love you. Yeah. I love you, and I took the first action. I love you, and I sent my son. Yeah. I, I loved you even when you weren't doing those things. I loved you anyway. Listen, there is nothing we have, nothing we can do, nothing possible in us, of us, from us, that could make God love us. But He loved us 
anyway. That is the one that John is holding out and saying, if we don't love others that way, he says, then do we really know God? If we don't love with the same kind of love uh, that he loves with. Listen, John, uh, in speaking uh, as, uh, of love as just imitating uh, what we see in God. It, it, it's not an imitation of what we see. It is God flowing through us and we're, the, the, the love that God gives us is moving through us because He is the very source of love. He said, I have the source, but look as it goes on in that verse, and He says, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Then we have the statement that should honestly shake us to our very core. Everyone that loveth is born of God. Well, logically speaking, if everyone that loveth is born of God, if we don't love, then we are not born of God, and we don't know God. Listen, the presence of love in our life is evidence that we know Jesus. Now I want you to think for a moment about how it is that typically we decide if someone is a Christian, if they love God. And none of these are necessarily bad. They go to church. They give. They may work in the church. A lot of things. None of those are necessarily bad. But John doesn't list any of those as the way. Do you understand that somebody, you, you do know that somebody that is lost as a yard dog can come to church, right? Somebody that doesn't know Jesus from Adam's house cat can give money to the church, can sing, can play, can preach. So John says, here's the test. Do we love like God loves? Do we love others? Do we love others that way? Listen, um, you know, as we think about that, John is saying that if we are a child of God, we will act like God. It stands to reason, doesn't it? Just common sense. That we would love Him and to know Him. When He talks about know Him here, He's talking about being related to Him, being in the right relationship with Him. Listen, he, he, again, He's saying when we are born again, that is a natural action of what comes out of us as we know Christ. He dwells in us, then as He dwells in us, he, his DNA, his actions, his personality began to flow through ours. He is the very source of that love. You can't conjure it up. Oh, you can fake it for a while. Yeah. You, you, can, you can fake it for a little while. But eventually, it, it shows itself. And John says that we reveal whether or not we know God, whether we know the source of love, by whether or not we love others. Powerful, powerful 
deep cutting statement that he talks about. Not as he talks about the source, but let me back up one second. Another thing about human love, normal love, is it's ordinarily a response to love. Human love, normal love, love we're accustomed to, is a response to love. Every couple in here, one of you loved first. The odds are you didn't just all of a sudden one day just boom. You know, just your calendar synchronized and, you know, but, you know, one of you chased the other, right? Yeah. One of you loved the other one first. And then the other one responded to that love. And even after we are in a relationship, typically we respond to love. Someone, our mate, our spouse, does something loving, and we respond by doing something loving in return. Right? It's kind of how love works. Now, I want to challenge you for a moment to think about God's love. God's love was not in the response of anything we did. In fact, His Word tells us what? That He loved us while we were yet sinners. He didn't respond. We didn't, God didn't love us in response to anything we did. We responded to Him. And so now He's telling us if we're going to love like God loved, I don't, you know, I don't sit back and say, you know, I really want to love David there. But he got straightened up. Straightened up anyway, did yeah, I really, you know, I really want to love CD, but he had to get his act together first. Yeah, and I love him. That's not God's love. It's not God's love. Ah, uh, it, you know, watch you share some of his millions with me. I love. Him. Yeah, and that's that's not God's love. God's love says. I love C.D. even if he don't straighten up. And at this point, he's old enough, I ain't holding out much hope he's going to straighten up, so I'm just going to have to love him anyway. Let's straighten up. We've got to love regardless. That's what God did. God didn't look down at you and say, well, if they get straight, I'll save you. Is that what he did to you? No. He loved you right where you were. He reached down and picked you up out of the sewer. Picked you up out of the darkness and the blackness of sin. He loved you before you straightened up. That's the way we're supposed to love. We don't love because. We don't love if. We don't love until. We don't love when. We Love, even if, even if never. That's God's love. That's the kind of love that He gives. The source of love. When we see the <clears throat> Lord loves provision, but then He goes on and He talks about love's presentation. Look in verse nine. And this was manifested. 
It was presented. It was made visible. And this was manifested the love of God toward us. In case we have any question about what God's love looks like, how God's love acts, what God's love does, he says God's love was manifested because God sent his only begotten Son in the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. I, I want to move real quick and just take that verse apart real quick. Here's how God showed love. Here's how God made love visible to you and I. Notice that I can just follow along in those verses. Hope you got your Bible open. If you don't open it, you don't have it with you, bring it next week. He says, first of all, God sent. See it? Right there in the passage. He says, here's how God manifested, made known, made evidence His love. He sent. God sent. He took the first step. If there's going to be uh, reconciliation, who, who was who was wrong in the relationship between God and man? Who was wrong? Man or God? Man? Was man the sin? Okay. Put a thumbtack in that. I'll be back. When you and I, how do we typically do things? Any and I have a disagreement. Can you, can, you, can you imagine something coming out of either one of us's mouth, probably mine, that sounded something like this? Well, I didn't do nothing to him. He wanted to apologize to me if he wants to, if he wants to make up. He'll come tell me he's, he ain't told me he was sorry. Does that sound about right? Does that sound about how we deal with relationships? But wait a minute. We said, go back to our thumbtack over here, that man was the one who was guilty. Right? So who should have been sending something? Man or God? I guess I should say man or God. If man was the guilty one, who should have been sending something? Now, okay, let me give you a different illustration. Kevin does something really good. Not hard to imagine, right? Should Melissa send him flowers or should Kevin send her flowers? Which way would we do that? Kevin would send her flowers, right? Because he was the one who done something dumb. Back to our phone tag. Who did we say was guilty? Man was guilty. But John says, we didn't send God anything. We didn't send him flowers. We didn't send him a, a forgive me card. We didn't send him chocolate. We didn't do anything. That's what God love looks like. God did the sending. God said, I'll reach down. He was the one who initiated the forgiveness. He was the one who initiated the reconciliation. I did the sinning. I did the guilty. I did the 
put the wallering in the sewer, and God said, I'll do the sending. That's God love. Is that what our love looks like? Probably not most of the time. Most of the time our love looks just the opposite. We know how our love looks like. Well, I didn't do nothing. I'm not. <laughs> you know what it looks like? Y'all sitting there looking at me all holy like y'all ain't never been mad with nobody. Our, our love looks way more completely in you know, we're the one that did the sinning. We're the one that bust up the relationship. And God is the one that did the forgiving. Is that the way forgiveness works in your world? Probably not. But that's what God love looks like. That's what God forgiveness looks like. Listen, after, you know, you know we don't, you know, if, if, you know, if you're... You know, if, if we, you know, if I'm, you know, we're headed out into the parking lot, if we're headed out of, out of this building today and you're trying to get out of your seat and I come up to you know, I, you know, elbow, you know, you don't say, oh, I'm sorry for being in the way of your elbow. You know, some of y'all are that nice, you probably would. You know. But the truth is, who's supposed to say I'm sorry in that case? Who's supposed to, no. John says God sent. God did the work. God did the labor. He was the one who sent. Now, go on with what he says he sent. I'll tell you a story that I feel pretty safe in telling because everybody's dead. Pretty much. Except me and my mom. And we think it's funny. My grandmother, my mother's First mother-in-law, loved her to death. You can blame her for much of what's wrong with me. Did, she, did you say amen? I thought you did. You ain't said amen in 15 years. You pipe her up to death. But my grandmother had a daughter-in-law. I don't want to say she hated her. What's next to hate? Almost hate. How's that? I don't. Yeah. And probably on the right day, you might be safe saying hate. And I'm not saying that my uncle's wife wasn't unique. Good word, right? Unique. You can do whatever you want to with that word. She sent my. Grandmother, I believe it was a Mother's Day card. And on that card, the outside of that card had this, what I thought was pretty, beautiful. I can see me sending it to my mom. Yeah, I probably would now, but um, well, I might now just for fun. Um, but it had these yellow flowers and little white lilies that. That's a flower turn down here. I know you, you know, do lily. Yeah, um, little white do lilies all around it, and kind of a basket with lemons in it. My grandmother, from the day she died, 
was about to lose her mind over that card because she was saying that my grandmother was south. Sometimes my grandma was, especially to her. You ever got a gift or a card that when you looked at it was just a little bit underhanded? I remember when the kids were little, people giving my kids toys that made some... Anybody ever give one of your kids a drum set? I see a couple of you. Y'all must have had some drum sets in your lifetime. Mine one time, they got this thing that it noise, it talked or barked or something. I can't remember. When it heard a noise, they had another one that they got that it recorded everything it heard and played it right back. So this thing recorded and played it. Wasn't long ago. I had me a positive little batteries. Anybody ever got one of them underhanded gifts? Nobody is raising your hand because you're afraid. The person who gave it to you must be in the room. That's all I can think of. But I want you to notice what this says. God sent, keep reading, his only begotten son. Let's, let's, let's be a little more honest with each other this morning. Don't smile, don't raise a hand, because you look guilty if you do. Of course, I'm about the only one that can see you, and the lights are in my eyes, and I can't have to see what's going on anyway. Have you ever had to buy somebody a present? And you went through the store looking for the clearance aisle. I've told y'all year, me and Rhonda's first Christmas, we used to have to buy way too many people Christmas presents. And I remember going down that center aisle of theirs, and there was a big container, tub, whatever, of flannel shirts. And I said, how many men's on the list? He counted, how many it was, I reached in. One, two, three, four, five, there, they doing, you know, that's, 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 you ever had to buy somebody a gift and you just, I don't care, here. buy this, give them a receipt, take it back if they don't like it. The men are all sitting there, the women are like, y'all are mortified. The men are like, what's the problem? God sent, but he didn't send something out of the back corner of heaven. He didn't send something out of the closet. He didn't send something off the clearance aisle. John says he sent his only begotten son. He sent the very best he had. That's God love. That's what it looks like. He sent his only begotten son. Why? Keep reading. That we might live through him.
you understand that you were dead in your sins, you were dead in your trespasses, but God so loved you that he sent his only begotten son that you might live. And then look at that last statement in that verse. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. It is. Some of y'all not going to hear this. You haven't thought about it. It is September the 25th. That means it is exactly three months till Christmas. Isn't it much easier to buy a Christmas gift from your grandchild than it is your boss? Even Diane's nodding her head. That's goody two shoes over here. Nodding her head. I didn't. Yeah. Isn't it much easier to buy a gift for somebody who likes you and is good to you than somebody who's been a jerk all year long? I know y'all don't got no jerks in your world. But just imagine. Listen, all that John just said, God sent his only begotten son that we might have life through him. Not because we loved God, but because he loved us. Is anybody seeing the implications for what that means for you and I loving each other? God gave his very best to me, to you, when I absolutely, unequivocally, did not deserve beans. I didn't even deserve something off the clearance rack. And he picked the very best thing in the store. That's how God loves. Is that how we love? Or we just love the lovable. And then we see the cost. The greatness of what God did. It cost him his son. Isn't that typically how we measure the value of a gift? By what it cost. I'm on a roll, so I might as well make everybody mad. You ever decided to take a gift back and you go to the cash, go to the return center and take it back and find out how little they spent on the gift and went through that cheapskate? I spent twice as much on their gift. Again, I see some guilty smiles. I think I got my people here. <laughs> Y'all getting gifts from the same people I am. Yeah, listen. He says, he, what God gave us was the very best he had to offer. That's how God loved. That's how God proved his love. To be a, he says, propitiation. That's a great big fancy word. It simply means he paid a bill I owed. He paid a bill that I owed. 
And then, quite honestly, every bit of what I've been talking about for however long I've been talking was my sermon introduction. Now I'm going to preach my sermon, okay? I don't even know what time it is. I don't care. I ain't done yet. I want you to look at the last verse. If you got your Bible, open it. If you don't, um, lean over, look on over somebody's shoulder. Get out your phone, whatever it takes. I want you to see verse 11. You got it? Here's the sermon this morning. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. There's the sermon. Everything else was introduction. It was describing the love, talking about the love, explaining the love. There's the sign. If God loved us like that, we ought to love one another. When we genuinely, truly grasp just how much God loves us, we must love one another. That's why John, and I know some of you may say, Jimmy, you've talked about love too much in the last few weeks. Well, I'm just doing what the Holy Spirit led John to do. That's the reason John has been hammering on love, hammering on love, explaining love. He's taken love, and he has turned it, twisted it, bent it, turned it inside out. He has taken love and looked at it from every possible angle. And when he got done with it, here was the only conclusion he could come to. That if that's how God loved me, then I must love others. I must love others. I would even take that, and one of the ways that you could take that is I don't think you can love each other until you really grasp just how much God loves you. Until you really get a hold of how loving God is, how much God loves you. Can I tell you something? It'll make some of you maybe angry. But I believe in my heart, having been in the church my entire life. When I was an infant, some of y'all had the option of saying, I I don't want to go to church. I didn't get that option in my house. I've told you before, my mama told the baseball coach, we won't be here on Wednesday. Yeah. Wasn't no option. Bible school went two weeks, I went two weeks. If Bible school would have went seven weeks, I'd have went seven weeks. I just know how it worked. I've, I've, I've been around church and church people more than I've been around anybody, any other kind of people in my life. And I'm going to tell you something. It appears to me that there are a whole lot of people who call themselves Christian, who view loving others as optional.
not what John said. John said if we love, if we recognize how much God loved us, then we are obligated to love others. Adrian Rogers, from my money, the finest man, the greatest preacher, put him up against anybody anywhere to have ever stood in a pulpit. Pastor what the late Adrian Rogers, Pastor Bellevue in, in Memphis. He said this, If the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves, then the greatest sin is to not do it. If the greatest commandment is to love God and love our neighbor with all our heart, then the greatest sin is to not do it. Oh, but they're hard to love, Jimmy. Find me an exit clause in this passage. You do know that once upon a time you were hard to love and God loved you anyway. God chose to love you anyway. The question this morning is this, very simple. If God has bestowed such love on us, will we overcome all the petty, childish, insignificant, whining reasons we come up with to not love someone else. I want to ask you to bow your head this morning. If God loved you when we were opposed to Him, when your life was contrary when your life was against him, you disobeyed him, you ignored him, and he loved you anyway, then there is nobody on the face of this earth that we shouldn't love. If God went so far as to send his only son to show us his love. Then how far should we go to show our love for someone else? This morning, the invitation is pretty brutal. I understand that. Is there someone or maybe some group that honestly you are not showing the love of God to that person. I know they hurt you. I know they wronged you. I know they haven't said I'm sorry. I know they haven't asked for forgiveness. 
I know they're still meaning to drag. I know they're still doing what they did to hurt you to begin with. But if God should have loved us, we ought to love us. This morning you need to come to me and say, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Whew. I got a burning fire in the pit of my stomach. I can see that person. I can think of their name. I remember what they did to me. Woo, Lord. I could just punch them right square in the head. God, you didn't punch you in the throat. You sent your son to die. You hear this morning you say, I know I'm a child of God, but I need to deal with some relationship. I need to deal with some anger. I need to deal with some forgiveness. Folks, we talk about wanting revival. We talk about praying for revival. Revival begins in our own hearts, not in our church. And it only is going to begin when we deal with some of those things. You need to come this morning and put that on your altar. That person may be in this room. Maybe you need to go get them and bring them to the altar with you. You hear today you don't know Christ. You are that person who is far from God, who is way distant, who is living in sin. And he sent his son to you. You don't know him as your Savior as you come today. Ask Christ into your heart. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, I know this passage cuts us to our very core. God, people can be hard to get along with. People can be mean. People can be nasty. But God, you call on your people to be loving. To love anyone, just as you love us. God, I pray this morning that we would bring those feelings, those hurts, those pains, that anger, put them on this altar and leave it here. God, for the one that doesn't know Jesus Christ today, God, speak to their heart. Let them know that you love them, even while they were sinners. And they come as Christ in their heart. God, move this morning in our midst. Stir hearts, change lives. God, break those sins that have kept this bondage for so long. We need the glory for what you do in this place. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. And as we stand.
support your attention. Uh, if you didn't get one of the uh, handouts last week of various uh, mission uh, opportunities uh, this fall, I think there's still some back there, several different projects. You can pick one or all, or two or three, and um, some of them are a lot easier than others. Some of them are uh, a little more costly than others. Um, but um, you can uh, decide um, uh, which, uh, how you want to be involved. But I hope everybody in this room uh, will pick one of those things and be involved in some way uh, with getting the gospel outside the four walls. All right, first out uh, as we dismiss this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, allowing us to be here today. God, thank you for the challenge you give us when you were today. Uh, God, we know that uh, you loved us when we were unlovable. And uh, now you challenge us to get love the unlovable. Uh, help us to be that type of person. Help us to be that type of church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.